Hello, and welcome back to Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and I am giving you election night part two in the thick of it. So for those of you who have been following my nonstop November and the pre-election coverage, we did our pre-game earlier, Meet Me on the Moon, and now we are in the thick of it. The commentators and pundits are all over the place. I am sure people on both sides, let's face it, they're crapping bricks right about now. If, they, if they're not, they should be. So it is definitely going to be a very interesting night because as we know, uh, and the pundits have said it over and over again, every state has a different way of counting the tons of different votes that have come in. And I don't mean different votes, but uh, the tons of votes that have come in in various ways. As we know, there were huge, huge uh, pre-election day voting, so much so that it was literally a third of, well, actually, I'm sorry, almost two thirds of the total number of votes in the, uh, in the last election, the 2016 election in total, almost 100 million votes in, for pre-voting, a lot of which seems to have uh, been Democrats who were strongly encouraging people to vote early. So that definitely is going to make Democrats uh, feel good, but then a little, yes, 74% of the total vote done early compared to 2016. So that's going to make the Democrats a little bit nervous because, of course, the Republicans went the other way. It was get there on election day, no matter how long it takes. So depending on which state you are in and how they plan to count those early votes and of course absentee votes, which is always a whole thing every year, it's going to um, it, it's going to cause some sweating on both sides. Now in looking at the map, Initially, there were things that were red, that were blue. I'm looking now, uh, I'm watching CNN, by the way, and it's going back to white. You also have some electoral votes that are already sort of being pre-rewarded at this point. It looks like it changed from the last time I looked up, so give me a few moments. Now, it looks like where the states are, you've got, for instance, Pennsylvania, Donald Trump is leading by about 10 points, but that's only about 33% of the vote coming in. That is not a very large amount, and it does not seem to be the urban areas which really make a difference in places like Philadelphia. Wisconsin, they're hoping to win. Uh, the Democrats are hoping to win. That'll be interesting to see. It doesn't look like the Detroit area has been counted. Uh, Georgia, the Atlanta area in those suburbs has not been counted. It's winning handily in Georgia. We'll see. Arizona, with 75% of the votes in, Joe Biden is leading. That would be a very, very interesting race for him to win. And of course, we know that uh, when it comes to all of this stuff, it always depends on where 
the votes are being counted. I'm in Virginia. Virginia went blue for President Obama twice, and then it went blue for Hillary Clinton, and numbers not quite as large as it went for President Obama, but it did go blue. Um, it also went blue for Clinton. So Virginia went from being a red state to being considered purple. And, uh, you know, it's been floating back and forth today. But as we know, and I'm in one of those counties, very proud of it, Prince William County and Fairfax County are very heavily populated. They are also in Northern Virginia, which is considered to be very liberal or at least more liberal. Lots of there are uh, the more minorities uh, in terms of I mean, there's minorities certainly in the Richmond area and the Tidewater area, but definitely when I say more minorities in this instance, I mean a large number of different minorities from all kinds of countries. We're right outside of DC. So as you can imagine, uh, certain areas in Northern Virginia is one of them. Certain pockets have a little bit of a melting pot of their own, but also, um, high dollar area, as well as uh, very well educated. So that is a democratic stronghold in Virginia. And uh, Fairfax County being the largest county, is also the richest, uh, most highly educated and quite white, but still uh, liberal. So Northern Virginia tends to bring Virginia home to the Democrats usually at the 11th hour because the numbers of individuals vote individuals voting are fairly large it takes them a while to count so um in i know in obama one and i'm pretty sure in obama two but definitely in obama one prince william county brought it home for him in fact that was the very last rally he did in manassas virginia um on the night before the 2008 election and it was indeed prince william county with lines that went on forever um polls having to be held open because of the number of people that showed up with not enough machines uh, that county, along with Fairfax, turned Virginia blue and then continued to do that. So it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens in Virginia. I think it's going to come down to the wire. But if the consistency of how the votes are counted and where they're counted holds, then Virginia will turn blue. North Carolina, it looked like it was going blue. I think that it is still possible. Again, we will see um, as the evening goes on, of course, with all of these. But I suspect that North Carolina could bring a surprise. Florida, not terribly surprising. Florida looks like it is going to President Trump. I think the Democrats made an impressive showing there, but ultimately it looks like that is the direction that it is going to go in. Georgia fought hard, fought valiantly. Valiantly. Shout out to my nephew, Rick Hart, who has worked extremely hard. He goes to, he is a junior at Morehouse and just doing amazing work. And they have fought very hard in Georgia. I think there are some places where if they go blue, great. 
If they don't, then you just got to give them props for at least making a showing and not getting trounced. Texas has been absolutely fascinating to watch. And I talked about Texas in the pre-show, the Sunbelt states in general, Texas, Arizona, about the fact that there is certainly a concern about, as uh, Van Jones called it, the reckoning that is uh, going to potentially happen there. And And of course, if Texas turns red, won't be shocking, but if it turns blue, that speaks tremendously to the fact that there really is, there really are people rising up and saying, you know what, we don't like the way things are happening. We think we've been treated like crap. We've been displaced. Um, it will speak well to the fact that uh, Native Americans are making impressive showings. It will um, definitely show uh, more about the diaspora of the uh, of Hispanics of the Hispanic vote, because we know that like anyone else, uh, despite people thinking, oh, they're all going to vote Republican. Not true. This, uh, like I'm proud to say, is African-American, not a monolithic people in terms of the way that they vote. The way that uh, perhaps Cubans vote in Florida is going to be very different from the way perhaps people from Puerto Rico vote, especially those who were displaced after the disgusting way that uh, the Trump administration handled the situation with them after the hurricanes in September of 2017. Was that August? Well, it was fall of 2017. So that's going to, uh, it's it's going to be very, um, it's, well, here's, if Texas turns blue and Arizona, then Biden will take it. Absolutely. Um, and that is from Lassie, who is someone who's in our chat. Absolutely. And it looks like right now they're projecting blue for Arizona, but Texas with the huge number of electoral votes. And then, of course, we know that all of the news people are just pretty much waiting for those West Coast states to close. And then they're just going to declare them blue. I mean, when's the last time you even heard of President Trump bothering to go and campaign in California? Illinois projected winner is uh, is Joe Biden. Missouri projected winner Donald Trump. Neither of those are surprises. Um, yes, absolutely not in your lifetime. It's just not something that uh, that typically happens. They don't even bother. So we know now. Nevada, interestingly enough, is one that um, is apparently in play. It this time it is not automatically assumed to go with uh to go with California but again once uh California Idaho Oregon and Washington come in we know that California they're literally going to say the polls in California have closed and they're going to project it blue with literally zero precincts to reporting. Um, and probably the same thing, uh, I would imagine, for Oregon, uh, for Oregon as well, uh, probably even Washington state, especially given what has been going on there. Um, Minnesota, I was, you know, of course, we don't always depend on Minnesota to do much. It's just sad when you consider that um, 
what has gone on there starting this summer, it is so disturbing given what the country went through and, and the events that occurred there and how that was set off, uh, what that set off in terms of just the world taking notice. But ultimately, the reason why things like that occur in Minnesota, and I'm talking about um, you know, the killing of the unarmed Black man, the reason why things like that happen in places like Minnesota is because we know uh, what the majority is and how it's viewed and, and how African-Americans are viewed. And the numbers simply aren't there. And the reality of it is that as many people that marched and, uh, and the uprising and the protests, whether they were um, peaceful and nonviolent or not, the number of individuals just aren't there. Okay, fine. You got Minneapolis and maybe a couple of other places, but the number of people that look like me is just not there in terms of dealing with the potential backlash that would occur at the voting booth because of the protests that went on there. So, the fact that all of that went on in Minneapolis, um, yes, the uprising needed to happen, but on the flip side of that, the backlash of it, the numbers are in favor of the individuals who would participate in the backlash as opposed to the individuals that were um, supporting the protesters, which we know a good portion of them were from out of the area anyway. And so um, that is, so that's my concern with that. Now, I mean, it is really interesting. Texas went from, <laughs> I'm looking at the screen. If you're watching CNN, it is downright funny. Texas went from blue to red and now it's pink. I am not entirely sure I have seen pink <laughs> the entire time. And I can't remember a time from my childhood when I did not sit up watching this and my parents didn't allow me to watch it because I have been a political animal from birth. So, and I'm trying to raise my kids as political animals as well. They, they are probably tired of me doing it. My son has been dragged into politics, whether he likes it or not. So, um, so it's really, this map, uh, is quite interesting. I'm sure if I turn to Fox, it'll look a little different. There might not be pink. Uh, there might be stars and stripes on some of this stuff. Who knows? But uh, Virginia has been turned gray again. Now we've got a state in light blue. Okay, so now it has, okay, so now they're up to the 2016. It, I know that this may not be interesting or fun for some of you. It is as much as my nerves are frayed because I know who I support have not made any secret of that and just feeling like we can't have another four years like the, or three and a half as he would say, but we can't continue to do this, especially given the way that the country is divided. Uh, we've got coronavirus numbers going up 
exponentially 100,000 new cases since yesterday. And you have a president and his entire team who still shows up places with no mask despite regulations, despite everybody in the room wearing masks. So we are still we still have this encouragement of ignorance, the lies about an alleged cure that is imminent or today my favorite there might already be a cure because these uh the the therapies that are wonderful for you for you. So it's really interesting. Um, Lassie said, so far, no flips have happened except for potentially Arizona, not a good sign for the Biden campaign. Well, I think the the issue uh, with the Biden campaign, quite frankly, is I don't think they necessarily need flips per se. I think that what they're hoping is that they can get the map to look more like it looked um, during the 2008 and 2012 campaigns. Um, because in 2016, they lost footing. So yes, if you're going based on, so I do agree with you, Halasi, if, um, if you're looking at it in terms of flips based on 2016, in terms of the uh in terms of saying okay here is um here is the 20 uh here's the 2016 map and these are the states that uh the Biden campaign need to come back blue then yes you're right but i think what they the way that that campaign campaign is viewing this um, and and as we know, it's all it's all a matter of who you um, it's all a matter of who you um, it, you know who you talk to. But ultimately, for them, I think that they are probably looking at it more from the standpoint of we want the map to look like what a democratic stronghold map looks like, uh, a la. Clinton one and two, as in Bill Clinton one and two, and then uh, Obama one and two with 2016, as you and I know, just being an anomaly on so many different levels, because ultimately in 2016, you had a situation where a party, in this case, the Republican Party, and I talked about this on Sunday, and I won't uh, belabor the point, go listen to the Sunday, uh, go listen to the Sunday uh, cast. You had a Republican Party who surprised themselves, quite frankly, because they did not come into 2016 prepared with a, a surefire strong front runner, which allowed Donald Trump to slide through some would say slither <laughs> to the top of their heap. And then they had to ultimately kind of bear down and support him. And they did that effectively on a on several different levels, not to mention the interference that we know absolutely did happen, um, you know, and it's not about conspiracy theories. Our, our intelligence has proved that it happened. So you have that piece. 
And you also have the fact that you it was one of those times where I think they the Republicans and, and their families, they knew what they were going to do, right? They were going to support their party. They were going to hold their nose and color in that dot and press their button and all of that and all of that. Um, you have it so, but what was problematic in doing that is you can comment all you want. You should be called in. I told you to call in. You have the individuals who um, knew what they were going to do, but because it was seen as so distasteful to vote for their grab them by the you know what candidate, they flat out lied. And their lies about who they were not going to vote for led to a level of complacency as it relates to the Democrats and being too confident. Another issue that you had with the Democratic Party then that uh, you don't have now, hopefully, please, fingers crossed, um, at least that's what uh, people are saying is in 2016, while Republicans held their uh, held their nose and voted for their candidate because a win is a win is a win, the Democrats did not. The Democrats did not say, you know what, at the end of the day, we just need our person in there. It may not be the person we want, but it's the person that we've got. Democrats did not do that. There were some who did. I won't uh, say everyone did, but absolutely there was a strong contingent led by the Bernie fans who absolutely did not do that, which is consistently the problem when it comes to Democratic campaigns versus Republican campaigns to begin with, because ultimately Republican campaigns, which generally run like a well-oiled machine, why do they run that way? Because they get lockstep behind their candidate, whether they like them or not. Democrats are too busy waxing poetic about it and being so educated and worrying about, well, I just philosophically can't. Do. <laughs> and, and by the time we do that, we end up with Donald Trump as president. Because while you're sitting around lamenting about the fact that Bernie may or may not have gotten screwed or Bernie may or may not have done this or that or who did what to Bernie so that he couldn't end up being president so that we could hear him scream at us every day as opposed to when he runs for president every four years, that you end up sitting home or voting for someone else and you end up with Donald Trump as president. So all of that being said, because I went down a rabbit hole that I didn't intend to go down, all of that being said, what you end up, the difference between that and now is the Democrats have realized, or at least many, including Bernie himself, realized that you've got to get your people in line. Okay. You can't sit back on your ego and be like, yeah, I support her. Wink, wink. Because 
you kind of like it that your people are fanatics. You kind of like it that they're going to support you and all of that. You can't, you can't do that. You have got to get your people in line. And this is what Mitch McConnell does. He gets his people in line, and then they dispatch their people to get their people, you know, their constituents in line. Democrats didn't do that. They had Republicans so in line in 2016 that these people, particularly white women, were willing to lie walking out of exit polls or even the pre-polls to say, I'm with her, we're voting for Hillary, pro-choice, da 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 and then 52% voted for the dude who said he would grab him by the pussy. Okay? So it doesn't appear that we have anybody in the Democratic Party right now sitting back on their laurels about their people loving them so much that they refuse to vote for anyone at all costs. It looks like this time people knew that however you may feel about this person or that person or you know the things that are are said particularly in the African American community as it relates to Kamala and what I consider to be the total mischaracterization of her record as a prosecutor or the things that are said about um, Biden as it relates to the 94 crime bill. It does appear that unlike 2016, you have individuals in the Democratic Party who have gotten their people in line and willing to if they, if they're people who do have those feelings, do the same thing the Republicans did in 2016, close their eyes, hold their nose and do what needs to be done for the good of, you know, the party as a whole, because ultimately if you don't like Trump and you don't like Biden, then hell just go with the person who the people around you, who you respect the most are going for Hell, Do it for me. Damn it. So um, if you don't know what to do, then if you like me, then do what I tell you to do or the person or your mother or somebody who does feel that they have a stake in what happens. If you are a supporter or someone who considers themselves an ally of the LGBT community, you don't have you don't care one way or the other for the candidates, but you are an ally of the LGBTQIA plus community, then vote for who is supportive of them. Vote for who is supportive of the issues that are important to the people that you care about. And I think that like Republicans, if this is a trend that Democrats continue to do that, it may help them bode better in uh, national elections and state elections, although I'm not as, as much as it pains me to say this, even if Biden does manage to pull out the um, presidential election, I don't uh, hold out the same hope as it relates to the Senate. I think it's just too many seats uh, that they have to get, even though it's only four. Four is a lot when most of the individuals who are running are incumbents. 
I mean, there it's it's it is just an advantage that is hard to overcome unless the person has just completely pissed everybody off or there is just a revolution afoot, kind of like the Republican revolution after um, Obama got elected in 2008 and the rise of the Tea Party. And yes, there's a lot of things going on and how people feel about the parties, but realistically speaking, most of the people's anger is really at the top. And then of course there's pockets in certain communities as it relates to policing and, and those things. But the, but for most of the races, um, I don't think that there's anything that has people totally freaking out to the level of wanting to totally flip the House and Senate one way or the other. Well, the House is already um, Democrat, but um, flipping that one way or the other. Uh, as sad as it is to say, in 2008, there was something major that led to a revolution that led to things being flipped. It was that white ass America got a black ass president. So that is what led to such a huge flip. We don't really have that. We have people upset about a lot of stuff. There's no question about that. Okay, Virginia is sky blue now and Texas is back to gray. And yes, there is a, um, let's see, there is a huge blue swath going down the West Coast exactly the way we expected it. Literally 11 o'clock came and the entire thing lit up blue because it's just understood that that's what's going to happen. So I'm not going to hold you much longer because it looks like now that the West Coast has closed um, and they can just declare those blue. You got the middle ones that we know are going to be red. Now things are going to get interesting in the middle. We already know that, and Lassie, which is one of the reasons I wanted you on tonight, and certainly I am going to, you and I are going to be doing a lot more of this coming up, but um, I suspect that it, well, we know it's going to be a long night. That goes without saying. There's so many votes that have to be counted, which is great, huge turnout. But also, I mean, so many votes that have to be counted in terms of uh, absentee and um, absentee and the early voting. And certainly the Democrats anyway are pushing for every single vote to be counted. If recollection serves, I believe that, and I, I will verify it by the time I come back on the air, but it is my understanding that Pennsylvania has already said that they were not going to dig into their uh, early voting count until tomorrow, but hell, midnight is technically tomorrow. So who knows? Oh, great. You're calling in. Awesome. So let's connect you. Hello. Hey, hello. Hello. Jonda. Hi. Good. You might That's want to turn great. down the background for your, uh, for your television. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, no problem. first time calling in, first time caller. You know, <laughs> into the show. And uh, thank you for your uh, show. It's great, man. Thank Appreciate you. you. Appreciate you. So how do you see things going for tomorrow? You know, well, you I, 
this is really, I, I agree. There are some things that are too close to call. You, This is an election that appears to have made the uh, appears to have made the pundits downright nervous. Every time I look up at the screen, I am totally confused because they're playing with the pinks and the blues and all of this stuff because I just looked up at one point and it had Biden at 192 and Trump at something like 105. But I know if I screw up my CNN go and go to Fox, which I'm going to do anyway, because I always when we get to the point where all the polls close, I always flip around. Um, everybody's going to say a little something different. Hi, man to man. Thank you for coming in. Everybody's going to say a little something different. Um, I do think that there are a lot of states that even though they may have they may be filled in like Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, there are key areas in those places that just that haven't been counted yet. You cannot count a, a place like uh, Pennsylvania, you can't you can't really call a place like that until you get into Bucks County and Philadelphia County. Those are the uh, those are the urban areas, and not just because. Uh, and I don't use urban to say that that's an area where there is uh, largely black people or anything like that. I mean, just urban as in. There Population. are a ton of people <laughs> in those areas, no different than any other um, major metropolis. Uh, same thing with um, with Michigan, because Wade, I believe, is Wade County, which is where Detroit is. And that has not fully been counted. And then, of course, Virginia, you can make it pink, sky blue, whatever you want to do until the very last vote is counted in Northern Virginia, Fairfax, Prince William County. You just can't call it. I mean, unless it's just the numbers in other areas are just absolutely astronomical. And, you know, that's just not usually the case. I personally saw consistent voting here, but I will say a lot of our voting, certainly in Prince William County, which, as I said earlier, is the county that uh, delivered the presidency to President Obama uh, in Obama one. Uh, that it's definitely in this county. The early voting was live and kicking. We had drive-in voting at the DMV, which is pretty centrally located, and they were organized down to it, it was like clockwork and not only were they doing the drive-through voting they also were doing inside voting as well so it was like dual purpose not to mention the fact that there were other locations around town and my son uh my husband took him to vote today i mentioned uh to those who have been listening to non-stop november he's my sound engineer and he's injured but we are a voting family injured or not <laughs> My my husband uh, took him so that he could cast his hey, vote. Hey, Jonda. Yes. Um, looks like they declare President Trump wins Florida. Um, you know what? I think we saw that coming. Did you think that he was going to win? That that Biden really had a chance in Florida? I mean, well, I'll say this: I, don't I think know, he really. had a chance. I I don't know if. Uh, they weren't counting on it. Put it that way. You want to win every well. 
you're, you're campaigning, right? So you want to win every state that you campaign in. You campaign in Florida, you want to win in Florida. Um, I personally, I think they fought a lot harder for Georgia, which I mean, I don't know if they're going to pull it out, but they fought a lot harder for Georgia than they did for Florida. I think Florida was one of those things where they were hoping that they would get the groundswell, um, like they could shift uh, certain aspects of the Hispanic community. What's going to happen with uh, the Cuban community, but that they certainly thought they were going to shift um, the, the large influx of people from Puerto Rico and et cetera. But we know that Florida is a special place. <laughs> um, so I'm going to toss that to you. Did you think that uh, they had a real chance in Florida? Um, I actually don't know, um, but I'm just looking at the, the way that things are going. Um, I didn't really follow the campaigns enough yeah. to, to tell you that I actually um, had any sense of it. But just looking at it from the standpoint of what the polling results are showing, um, I it seems as though somehow um, Trump has managed to convince the Latino vote, um, the, the, the Cuban-Venezuelan contingency down in Florida that, you know, that he's the better candidate and uh, they oh, yeah. see more eye to eye on with him. Um, the, I, I, I just didn't know really, but uh, it seems it like is a, it's, the it's Hispanic a difficult state vote, to win. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Say that again. Mm -hmm. I said, it seems it's a difficult state to win. So. Oh yeah. Um, the Hispanic community uh, politically is probably even more diverse than uh, the African American community. And I'm and and I and I think that and, and of course with the African American community, we know and it's very easy and and people uh, even among us make the distinction very strongly um, about you know between the African American community and then we have the African community, like people who are actually from Africa, like people like you, um, the Jamaican community, the Haitian community. We, um, it's funny that from the outside looking in, whether it's us among ourselves or even other people are able to make those distinctions and know that not only do those communities tend to operate differently. And then of course we have the huge difference sometimes even between, um, even within the African American community in terms of what black women do versus what black men do. So we know that, but it's funny because we are we easily make those distinctions with us and and for the most part even white people can figure it out sometimes but when it comes to the uh hispanic or latinx community i don't want to offend anyone you it, they're kind of treated monolithically when if you really sit down and think about it we know that these individuals do not all think the same. I mean, a, a lot of times in uh, within the Latin American diaspora, the diaspora, 
they don't even get along. <laughs> so of course they don't all necessarily think the same. And certainly like you particularly pointing out the Cuban and Venezuelan communities, a part of that too uh, is really very strongly linked in, and I think you and I may have talked about this in one of our many discussions <laughs> a long time ago, a large part of that is very much linked to class and classism. Uh, as as it relates to uh, particularly with the Cuban community um, versus like the Puerto Rican community and certainly um, as it relates to the Dominican community, which is kind of like, con you know, considered the Haiti of um, of, uh, you know, the Hispanic community. So it is. Um, so and then you've got religion put up put in there. But for those people that I know very well and some um, from the Cuban community and, and then just people I know in uh, the Miami area, a lot of it really does come down to uh, some level of classism and um, money. And, uh, you know, you have sort of the white Cuban thing. So uh, it's, it's Florida is very interesting. And as we know, look at the types of cases and stuff that goes on in Florida. I mean, we keep it going as a running joke, but at the end of the day, when something crazy happens and they're like, guess where it happens? What do we usually say? Oh, it must've happened in Florida. Uh, mm their governor keeping the beaches open, the way that they feel about um, the COVID crisis, despite having high numbers, just like everybody else. Um, and when, and even if you were to take the COVID piece alone, so as we know, um, it, the Democrats, and, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because it's certainly an issue, has very effectively, and, I, and I'll say effectively in some areas, maybe not so much in others, used the COVID crisis, among other things, as um, one of their whipping sticks with President Trump. But in a place like Florida, who has happily remained open despite numbers and deaths and what have you, um, still want to have games <laughs> at the stadium. If it's something that they don't think is as big of a deal as evidenced by the fact that their state remained open, then that's an issue that kind of falls flat with them. And they did yeah. elect the Republican governor. I think the, the I don't know, I, I just feel like there's there, the the challenge that I see with a lot of people is is what I I would call bubbleism. You know, mm -hmm. people are stuck in a lot of bubbles and think yes. that everybody and their friends thinks exactly how they think about these issues. Yes. Um, what I find is that there are extremely different points of view, a variety of points of view that fall along certain lines, and while a lot of the other issues might be very important, say on a on a moral sense. Yes, they don't necessarily in a, in a pandemic or in a time when when people are actually trying to survive. You know how much does race relations matter when you're trying to eat? You know and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I find that yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you just don't know. Um, 
So, mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I am very, um, I find it very interesting. I've seen a lot more. I mean, you saw the Republican National Convention, a lot of yes. black faces. There were a lot of black faces that were put out there as speakers and to, to sort of illustrate the idea that black people could be on a Republican platform. Um, and now this guy, John James in Michigan, mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well. He might take one of those. Uh, I mean, he might win out there and, and then mm-hmm. make it more difficult for Democrats to take the Senate. But um, but yeah, I mean, the the voting patterns and just the sort of way that people vote. Uh, I don't know if they're just gonna get you know caught again. Like I was watching a few programs on polling, and it was like the the pollsters were having to kind of come up with a reason why they couldn't call it the last time. Why did they not see Trump uh, winning? And they and they they had this new category that they're working with called whites without a college degree, right? Mm-hmm. And they they themselves were classist in their polling, right? They didn't take those people into account as people who would nope. come to the polls in droves and and vote. And then they didn't. Ended up and we saw that that is who he. And and the crazy thing about that is. He ran a campaign that was specifically geared towards that group. His right, and then people thought it was, was like, why would you be doing that? Lock, stock, and barrel geared towards that group. And the interesting thing is where that came from was Ronald Reagan. That is where it came from. They people, especially Republicans, love to exalt Ronald Reagan as, you know, the great this and that. But at the end of the day, when you go back to Ronald Reagan's original campaign with the myth of the welfare queen and all of that, even right down to make America great, because that came from Ronald Reagan, it was a full out racially inflammatory campaign, which is why, you know, like like I said, it brought the whole myth of the welfare queen and all of that. That was all a part of his campaign. And those types of things, that type of rhetoric, that is not something that necessarily gets people who are educated and who are at the top end of the economic sphere to vote for you, they're already voting for you, especially if they're doing well economically and whatever, and, you know, small government, big business, which is the Republican way. You already have those people. When you start talking about that kind of stuff, you are really what you're really going after are working class people and turning working class people against who they view as even lower than them, which then brings in race and those assumptions that it is only black people who are taking advantage of the system and all of that. You know what I mean? Cause we, and, and to this day, we know that those, um, that those assumptions still exist uh, the, as it relates to things about like incarceration, drug use, um, uh, welfare, and all of that. And yes, there. If you're looking at it per capita, there, there, the numbers 
are um, disproportionately high in certain communities. But of course, if you are not looking at it per capita and just look at it flat out in flat out numbers, there's no way that black people could be the majority of anything when we're only 13% of the population. Yep. <laughs> so, um, it, it, you know, and, and now with the growth of uh, the Hispanic population, we, we're not even, we're not even second. Hell, I don't even think we're third. I mean, we might be third, but yeah, we might we, be third, we, we, <laughs> but we're not. First I mean, I think I find, I find it interesting that, you know, but in some funny way, they, there's still a lot of airtime donated to courting the black vote and, you know, as if it was going to really sway the election. I think black, black, well, in certain are, are areas, in certain areas, it can, um, especially, well, in local elections, absolutely. Um, yeah. you know, it can change things. And it sometimes, again, even in state elections, because we saw, um, what happened when black women came out in Moss? Uh, where was that? Georgia, the one with the pedophile guy running. Um, oh, remember yeah. the pedophile judge like two years ago? Yeah. So it, it really depends on where it is now. Um, and, and again, I think part of that too, it, uh, there are certain states and certain places where it matters. Now, the courting of the black vote. No, you are not going to go in other places and hear commercials on black radio, if there even is any, uh, in the Dakotas or, or places or, or places like that. But in a place like Washington, D.C. or um, or New York or New Jersey and, um, you know, definitely the East Coast because California is going to do what is, the West Coast is is already lockstep. They're going to do what they're going to do no matter what. Um, on the East Coast, uh, you do have, have a heavy concentration of individuals in urban areas that can uh, that can make a difference. It does make a difference what happens in and around in and around or um, Atlanta, when you are looking at Georgia, if those individuals are able to be uh, drawn out in Moss, we certainly know it matters in D.C. It matters in Maryland when you've got um, a place like Prince George's County and places like Baltimore. And again, even if it doesn't uh, carry everything you need it to do as it relates to a national election, it certainly will make a difference as it relates to um, your Senate and the Senate seats and, and definitely the House seats because of the way the districts are drawn. So um, I think it matters definitely depending on what's going on. I agree with you in a national election, probably not so much unless you are in a very limited number of places. But um, certainly in statewide elections, depending on the state, uh, courting that black vote and particularly black women um, and uh, seniors is extremely important. Seniors uh, uh, take voting extremely seriously as we know. And um, black women who tend to drive the um, 
much different from the white community um, in uh, black communities, black women tend to drive the political agenda for their households and, and probably largely because most of the households are uh, black women um, as head of household. So that's gonna make a difference. But yes, I, I definitely agree with you. In mass nationwide, other places are like, why would we care what black people think? There's like only two of them in our whole town. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's hello, Glykbell, their sports show. Thank you for coming. I, I mean, I, I, love, I love, I love I mean, the thing is, it's good that we're, we're in and involved in these things. But I think my main point also is that the, you know, the, 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 the there's a, the diversification of, in special interests within the population oh, absolutely. that we have it's it's diverse and in the in it used to be just black versus white and mm -hmm. now we have more players and different players and um uh i think the this you know it's just a lot a lot more a lot more issues on the table a lot a lot more things to consider and, and I, I agree with you. And and you know, honestly, and not as much mono, you know, I, I think one of the things that that we as black people need to consider, right, mm -hmm. is the idea of we get so offended when we are called monolithic in terms of our voting practices. And yet, in some strange way, when when we see other black people like if you see Republican black people, it just enrages the, or the larger group. And so it's like, um, it, it's one of those things like even within our own group, we have to sort of start to, to wrestle with. Um, and the, be more respectful. Of, yeah. I, I mean, there's just too much friction that goes on and, and uh, too much of like people thinking that everything boils down to, one value, one one issue, and my issue, you know, and not. Well, I think that that should be something. It, 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 but I think that's something that we're going to have to wrestle with, uh, and and I think that's everybody because everybody does have something that means more uh, to them. I think that it is finding that common area of respect and still being able to move in a certain way. Um, we've got man versus man calling in as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, hello, man, man to man live. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good. I'm absolutely doing, I'm absolutely doing amazing. Thanks for asking. <clears throat> I just kind of wanted to chime in a little bit. I, <clears throat> I try, I'm not really one who's really dig on politics a whole lot, but uh, considering all of the uh, uh, the uh, negative effects that this is having, I'm actually African-American. So mm -hmm. uh, for me, <clears throat> it, it, it really strikes me to my core. Uh, I have actually talked to several of, uh, of, of not only just some of my friends, but uh, quite a few black people that that chose not to even vote, and 
when when I hear a black person that chooses not to vote, it is very disheartening, very frustrating. And 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 just on the simple fact, you know, I have been asked this question on many occasions, why is it necessary? Because it's not gonna make no difference. Well, the reality of it is, is when you take that approach or that mindset alone, it, it is very indicative of ignorance. Because when you realize the fact of what your ancestors had to go through, just the fact to be able to even be, uh, to, to vote, uh, and all the heinous things that happened to them, and for you to ha- that's a, that should be not only a, a it, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to do so, but it's a it's a responsibility that especially for us as blacks, that's a responsibility that we have to have because of the price that it costs people that came before you the price it costs them for you to even be able to have that right and for you to have that right and not exercise that right to me is just selfish and is very inconsiderate and is very indicative of appreciation what other people did for you to put you in the position to be able to have that right. So for me, I'm just very, very frustrated in just the fact of, of from a, just when I look at the fact that how did this, I, I, I asked myself this question actually, how did this even come to come into play? And when I realized how it came into play for, 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 for Donald Trump to even be the president of the United States, it really, to me, all it did is show me what really is truly in the heart of, 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 of people, period, especially Americans. <clears throat> and whenever and, and you, you know are willing, I agree with you in the sense that I and I um, I thank you so much for coming in and listening. And I, I hope you stick around with some of my other episodes. And I'll tell you in particular uh, on my uh, Sunday's episode, because I'm doing nonstop November. So I've uh, been recording every day. So if you look back, I guess maybe three episodes for Sunday, I talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue in the rise of Donald Trump. And it's not the first time I've talked about it, but, and I'm sure I'm not the first person who said it, but Donald Trump is, uh, I call him the baby that was born. Uh, it, it was given birth to by uh, the hatred of President Obama or the mere fact that he was there, um, the rise of the Tea Party, and just flat out confusion. There was so, there was such a heavy concentration on just, you know, going after, if that's your television, could you turn it down a little bit? There was such a heavy concentration and focus on going after President Obama and just making sure that nothing they did succeeded in all of that, that that concentration on that alone made it so that they didn't notice that they needed to get a candidate ready to run for office. And so you had, you know, you you had that birth of him which as a candidate and then it, because that hatred and all of that other stuff was all wrapped up in there. Now back to the thing that you said about voting and this ties in as well 
to what Lassie said about people not all voting the same. Part of the thing that frustrates me when people don't vote is 99% of the time, especially in a national election, you're not just mm -hmm. voting for president. You're voting for a bunch of other things. I, I don't know where you are, but I bet in your on your ballot, there was about at least if not eight or 10, at least five or six other things that you were voting on, whether they were judges, uh, senators, um, initiatives that were specific to your own county, not even the whole state, but just to your own county. I know when I voted, there were federal, you know, for the election, there was state uh, for our senators and uh, Congress. But there were my a couple of my local delegates, and then there were specific questions that related to stuff like zoning stuff in my own mm -hmm. county. That if you didn't live in my county, it wasn't even on your particular ballot. So right. it is so when you don't, so even if these people said, I don't want to vote because I don't like either candidate and blah 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 blah, okay, then go and vote for the stuff that matters because it's going to affect your life. In certain states, you vote for judges or prosecutors. And in Virginia, while we don't vote on judges, judges are appointed, we vote for the state legislators who appoint the judges. So if everybody in the state legislature ends up coming from the, you know what I'm saying, coming from the same place, looking the same, same old group of old good old boys and whatever, which this is Virginia, we've we've had this problem, then guess what all the judges are going to look like? And then when individuals go to court and they want uh, justice in a a certain way. Well, we know what happens when you're dealing with justice in terms of just black and white, right? We know what happens when you have everybody looking the same. So you are absolutely right. Not only does it evidence a certain level of disrespect and um, ignorance, but it also um, shows a certain level of a lack of responsibility for yourself and the people around you. And as it relates to what Lassie was saying earlier about people with their different uh, with their different issues, there are lots of people. Uh, welcome Taz and also mm -hmm. welcome Oystein as well. There are lots of people, even within the African-American community that have many different issues. It, like for instance, even black women and black men, different, certain different issues. I think well, when someone said, I can't remember if it was you or Lassie who said that there was a time when it was just, um, you know, the black issues or the white issues. It, there never really was a time when there it was just those two issues. It is just that black women being your mothers and your sisters knew that despite the fact that the civil rights movement was really more so about what happened to black men, we had to stand behind you or beside you to present a united front or nothing happened for any of us. And, um, and as it relates to the, um, it, as it relates to the um, situation with us all uh, looking at things differently, I have said to many people 
um, the most disrespected, underestimated, and ignored. It has, um, I hear you, girl. Um, I have spoken to many people, white people, when I talk, because I'll speak frankly to anybody, as you can tell. Um, when it comes to African Americans as a whole, most of our mores, now, of course, is a lot different with the newer generation, but certainly those of us um, who are probably, let's say, 40 and over, um, most of our mores for generations came through the black church. So when you really, if you were to really go issue by issue with black people, the only issue that we are ever really truly united on is civil rights. But it's such a big issue that it, you know, makes us look monolithic. Other than that, Black people as a whole, believe it or not, is one of the most conservative groups of people ever. When you look at uh, black men versus black women, and, and, and even when you talk about something like LGBTQIA rights, all over the place. When you talk about something like abortion, all over the place. Why? Because most of our mores, uh, came through the church. That's where not only did we learn about morals, but even our politics, right? When you go back to how the civil rights movement was done, it had to be done in secret and mostly in churches led by ministers. So even our politics has that moralistic piece as well. So when you look at all of that, for the most part, if it wasn't for uh, the fact that we were still in large part dealing with a lot of issues around civil rights and where the Republican Party, and, I, and I'm talking about like when we get into some of the stuff with the police stuff and the Black Lives Matter and, and the criminal justice stuff or whatever, because of where the different parties seem to fall on, on that, it tends to kind of shift us more towards the Democratic mm -hmm. Party. But if you were to remove that aspect of it, it take that whole the civil rights piece out and uh, you know that whole criminal justice piece out, you would a lot more black people when they looked at the the big picture, you know, now of course, you know, healthcare and stuff, that's a whole thing, you would probably end up with a, a more not more Republicans, but more people willing to explore being Republicans, especially when you consider the number of black people who have uh, made a career of, or at least spent some point of their lives in the military, because of course there's a lot of patriotism and all of that that goes along with being in the military. Um, African-American police officers, because Can of- Can I just interrupt you or ask a question? Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Saying. You mind if I just interject? Oh, go ahead, please. I, I was just going to ask you. You know me, I'll riff until you come in. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to ask you, since you you know, you know, said all that, do you think that um, the, do you think the argument that, well, I guess, do you think that the Democratic Party, um, what is their responsibility or like, I guess what I'm asking is like there, there's an argument that's made that the Democratic Party takes the black vote for granted. Um, do you think that's true? And do you th or do you do you think they earn the black vote? Do you think they take the black vote for granted? Um, and or and you know because you're talking about a time you know 
this bigger picture when, when, when maybe if we get through the the civil rights type stuff, mm-hmm. which I think you make a good point there, like it could it could open the, the, the door for more exploration um, of black people into the Republican Party or in the East. Because look at where rich black things. people, uh, a lot of rich black people uh, go. So I'm just wondering, do you do you, what do you think about that idea of that the, the Democratic Party? I, uh, I don't think so. For, for granted. Um, I, I think it depends on the situation. Honestly, um, I, I think that it is totally situational because there are uh, um, there maybe nationally. If, if that is an argument to be made, I would say nationally because. I see on the local level, and of course we know a lot of this depends on where you are, right? Um, That on the local level, and and anybody in the chat, please uh, chime in even in the chat, you will have some candidates who work their asses off for their constituency. And so when it comes time to vote, it's it, it goes back to what man to man said, uh, you know, with getting out there and, and just voting, because if nothing else, if somebody is working their butt off, then and, and they're doing the right thing, then you want to keep a good thing going. So you vote for them. Um, not that you owe it to them. It would just make sense for your family's well-being to vote for somebody who is uh, doing the types of things in your community that you want. So I think on a national level, that is a, a potential conversation to be had. Um, uh, on the local and uh, local and regional level, I, I think that it is really person specific. I think on a national level, you got a lot of rhetoric when it comes uh, when it comes to stuff like that because honestly, what can national candidates really do to prove to you that they have earned your vote besides try to be behind policies that may just happen to benefit your community along with everyone else? Um, so, but yes, on the local level, if you think that there may be, and I know I've lived in some places where I think that certainly, um, in urban areas, I agree. I think that there are some urban areas where Democrats take advantage of the fact that they know that they're going to get the vote because the areas stay as jacked up as possible. And sadly, one of those areas is my own hometown of Trenton, New Jersey, um, because I don't know who the hell they're electing uh, from uh, season to season when everything just keeps getting worse and worse. So um, uh, nationally, I, I, don't, I don't really know what anybody can do to make anybody happy. You know, certain rhetoric gets put out there. Um, locally, I think you just have to look. And that goes back to um, what I was saying, too, about voting and about voting and just voting for people who support the things that are important to you. And if you don't think that anything in particular is important to you, then vote for the person who um, the people you love feel um, that it is, you know, that that person is voting for something with them. When I went and voted, I looked at each person uh, individually. Now, of course, you know, I did my Democrat thing, but 
I genuinely like the individuals running. I don't have the same, you know, issues with uh, Biden and Kamala that some people do. I just don't. So I, I you can know, I, 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 I got a decision as it relates to that. But there was things that on my ballot, particularly some local initiatives that I knew because, you know, when they hand you the thing when you go in. Um, that you know that the Democrats are more in favor of or the Republicans were more in favor of. But when I looked at it, I voted according to the fact that I don't want a certain road near my house. So I don't care who was in favor of it. I don't want that road near my house. So I, yeah, I voted according to that. Because that's my opinion. So, Matt, 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 man, the other guy wanted to say something. Yes, Mr. Mann. Yeah, I just wanted to, to you know, kind of chime in on based on what you were just saying. For us, I think I think probably probably the biggest problem is the fact that when we start talking about voting as a whole, uh, most black people really don't do a whole lot of research. So we just kind of we we really kind of just vote With strictly the for the party and. And, and I do agree you with you that people now that's where what Lassi said comes into play. When people know that about you, they will take advantage of it. Absolutely. And 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 so no matter no matter what a person uh, a background is or really what their policies or what they stand for are uh, uh, and just like it's the same way to a degree with with especially blacks that that vote Republican, most of them are go back to your point when you start talking about church. Well, this is the part that's really absolutely hilarious to me. And I mean <laughs> that in, a, in, in somewhat of a condescending way. No, I know uh, what you're saying. Uh, before you even it, it, I know what you're saying, but go ahead. <laughs> Is the fact that that we we base it up on this one thing, and that's pro life, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about when you start talking about pro life, then all of a sudden you want to have morals when it comes to that, but you want to be immoral on everything else. That is to me to me the most esodine thing, and it really drives me absolutely nuts. And it's just like I've asked some people. Do you really think Donald Trump really care about whether for whether for a woman have an abortion or keep a baby? That man ain't interested in none of that kind of stuff. Exactly. He's not interested in you really. So 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 when you start talking about it, then this big one, when I hear the which is a word that really drives me nuts, the in evangelicals, uh, you have all of these you, you want to be so moral when it comes to pro-life that's the only thing you have morals on but then you immoral about everything else you immoral about racism you immoral about the treatment of women you immoral about abortion you immoral about all of these other things but then you want to have one level of moralcy and decency about one thing but then you want to be immoral about everything else and it's just like in the midst of of us being in all of this racial injustice in the treatment of black people, I ain't heard not one white church step up and say anything to disown prejudice or hatred. I ain't 
since, since I've been living and I'm 55, I ain't never heard him say not one word. And that is really, really disappointing to me. But then you want to try to coerce and coach people in to vote in Republican because we supposed to be such a moral company, uh, country. Man, that is a bunch. That's a lie. It, it, it's, it, it is not true. And we just need to keep it real. Well, I, I, I want to push back on that because, first of all, um, I do attend a predominantly white church, and they do talk about those issues. Uh, maybe, um, and I and, and I just not saying that you're not right about it on the front lines, but I think that you may not realize sometimes that there's a lot of things, even with the media. The media is also a competing interest. They have their own interests. And sometimes when you're looking at what is being put out there, they're not going to put certain things out there. Just like within our own community, when black people do positive things, it's not on the nose. I mean, it, no, we got to some, find some a way of it to gets on the nose, But we have to find that stuff ourselves. And it's the same thing. Um, so I'm, I'm only putting that out there because you happen to be on this podcast with me and I happen to go to that kind of church that you said there was nothing like that. I'm saying I can take I can tell you uh, a website to go to if you want to listen to some of the sermons that that we have. Well, 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 well excuse me, brother. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful under no, no, no circumstances. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not even I, I, saying I, I, that. I'm really I'm really I'm really was speaking for us on a national level because okay. I, it would be kind of it it'll be kind of ignorant of me. To, to, to say what every white church is doing because I ain't been to every white church. But it's amazing to me that, hey, man, I know between uh, uh, TBN and Daystar, probably which of uh, the two biggest networks for us, Christian networks, it, it, yeah. is out there, period. You're not really hearing that on any of those networks, and you don't really hear a lot of those uh, pastors coming uh, to the defense of all of the hatred and all of the immoralness that that in the heinous stuff that has been implemented on black people. That's all I'm saying. I'm, so I can't say what your church is doing. You may have a wonderful church, and I and I and I'm pretty sure you do because it is some wonderful it is some wonderful churches. But I'm just saying when we start talking about on a national level, yeah. I don't really hear a whole lot of stuff being said. That's really what I'm talking about. And, and, and I, I get and I it. It's, it's also about proportionality, right? Because, um, it, it, because the way that that I took it, because is that um, when you look at stuff like people, to me, something like abortion, no matter how you feel about it, because I'm not gonna do an mm-hmm. on that. No matter how you feel about it, is a fringe issue. It is such a small issue compared to the gazillion other issues, the economy. Even if we talk about the issues that are important to people right now, 2020, the economy, coronavirus, you know, well, the economy, economy, economy again, because some folks are literally not working and not eating. Um, 
you know, of course, you've got the uh, the social injustice things that because we saw that, you know, it, it really, really, I think it, it shocked people how huge that got in the fact that people around the world are watching us and even participating in the movements and making their voices heard about what we're doing from their own country. It should be an embarrassment to us, considered the leaders of the free world, or at least our president is usually considered to be that, when individuals in other countries are having demonstrations that to project how they feel about what is going on here in the country that is supposed to be the end all be all of everything. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I, so when it comes to something that is not even in the top 10 right now of what people are concerned about, yet it is the first thing on uh, on some group's tongue, it does seem disproportionate for that to be constantly something that is on their tongue when something that far that uh, is far more important, which is us living together um, and actually living the American dream the way it is supposedly intended. We the people created equal, all men created equal, all of those things that somehow that doesn't seem to rank on the list with people who are supposed to be people of God. So I get what you're saying. And I, I think that. Well, I think well that, I, wait a second. Let me let me finish. I was going to say, but that being said, okay. I do believe that there are individuals, and I have seen it, um, and and groups that do speak out. They do not. Uh, the I think they don't get the um, they don't get the press, and they don't get the airtime because it does not suit the agenda when they're because when we're looking at the media and we're looking at what's being put out there there is an agenda like the episcopal church of dc i love that day those individuals lit trump up to the highest degree they had every rector coming out all day lighting him up about um, what happened with those protesters and how disgusting it was and their support for individuals' right to protest for equal rights. And of course, we know that uh, there was a lot of unity um, among different uh, people of different religions as it relates to the um, the civil rights movement, even from its inception. Um, I, I think that Part of it goes to what Halasi was saying too. What is the, it, well, I call it the agenda, but the same thing. What is the agenda of the individuals putting the news out? Kind of like what's the agenda of when you go into a neighborhood and you see 10 people standing around that could probably give you in a, a reasonably intelligent statement about what went on and be a witness, but you go to the person who has a scarf on their head and some rollers and three teeth in their head and that's the person that you talk to. What's 
the agenda when you do that instead of speaking to the person behind them who probably saw more and, and could speak intelligently to the issue. So there's always an agenda. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I totally agree with you. And unfortunately, that's the that's the world and the society that we live in. And <clears throat> it's very disheartening. Because uh, the agenda is to keep the separation going. Um, Absolutely. Now back to Halasi, um, going, uh, going back to what you were saying about what is being put out there and looking at who is putting it out there and how they're putting it out there. Don't you agree that sometimes there is a, there's an agenda based on who is putting it out there and, and sort of keeping certain perceptions going almost to keep people from coming together? Mm-hmm. Halasi, right. no. you still there? I'm here. Uh, I'm I'm. I'm here. I'm just uh, thinking about what you were saying earlier. Um, one of the things that I think I will go ahead and disagree with you on mm-hmm. is going, going back to the issue of abortion. Um, I, I don't think that it is a fringe issue, as the way you put it. I think what way the way that you and man have been talking about it, I agree that sort of this argument that's being made that we should, you know, instead of consider, you know, we're taking an unborn life and making greater efforts to protect and to, or to protect the, the rights of an unborn child versus the people who are alive. Right. I think that's the main argument that's out there that, 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 Man has been calling. The, the, no, the, no, no, and, and that, do no. I'm not trying to get into a conversation about abortion because that could go on all day long. I'm, I'm gonna, Absolutely. I'm gonna make my position clear on it because my podcast and leave it alone. If you're, if you are against abortion, then make sure that you and the individuals that you love and care about don't get one. This, I mean, it's, it's that, that, that is this, you know, just if you are against abortion, you have a right to be against abortion. Everybody has a right to be against abortion. Make sure you don't get one. When I said it was a fringe issue, I'm not undermining the issue at all. What I'm saying, when I call it a fringe issue, I am simply saying that in the grand scheme of things that people are concerned about right now, there is an agenda in getting us to focus on something. When they do polls and ask people what the most important issues to them are, because we, we've been seeing and watching them all day, it's nowhere on the list. People are concerned about the their you know what they're going to eat and you know whether or not they're going to get sick and all of those things so that's why i called it a, a fringe issue um and maybe that's the wrong word it's actually a hot button issue quite frankly it is something that is conveniently put there in every single race even when there is no case before the court to deal with it to get people riled up and upset and go off on a tangent and start worrying about it. If there is no case working through the system to uh, to even overturn Roe v. Wade, or if there is no state 
that is dealing with, uh, that has uh, an initiative currently on the legislature about it, although there is one state that was, I talked about it in my uh, six o'clock podcast, um, there is one state that has it on there. But other than that, if there's no states that are dealing with it, then it's not even an issue in that particular election or you know, at that particular time, but it's always something that is put out there to get people all riled up when it's not even on the page and may not even come up during that four years. But but wouldn't you say that in the current, for example, when we were talking about the confirmation of the uh, the last uh, lady, isn't it Amy? Amy Tony Barrett. I call her Serena Joy, but go ahead. I mean, I, I would argue that a lot of the issues that were on the table, especially with talking about packing the court if, if Biden wins, they actually deal with that issue. I, I don't think, I mean, besides other conservative issues or whatever those issues might be, I don't even know them outside of the idea that the main concern that um, that exists, and, and maybe you're right that it's part of a, con a, a group of issues that conservative judges and conservative uh, mm -hmm. thought processes deal with. But it seems like every time oh, it the news, they talk about the role versus Wade, is role in danger? Like it's like the most talked about thing. That's why I say it's like even with that, you know, we're talking about opposition to the appointment of somebody who was considered to be a great candidate, right? But they're like, you know what? I think she believes in this particular thing and she might be too religious. And so we need to kind of oppose. Actually, her credentials were crap, but go ahead. Word? Her, uh, if I send you her credentials, you're going to be mad. Oh, for real? Yeah, well, like I, I don't literally know. I, I, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't do the research on that. No, the homegirl has has only been on even on the federal bench, or well, she like was one of those people that was rocket docketed from bench to bench to bench and did federal bench uh, since like 2017. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um hey, like I said, I'm not gonna argue on her behalf. I'm just I was just reporting well, no, what I, I agree said about with you. her. No, I'm I'm with you, and that's what I'm saying. I am not disagreeing that there are certain issues that are always put out there as hot button issues, but usually it's the it's the politics of it as mm -hmm. opposed to the everyday people. You know what I mean? Like, like right, right. people every day. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think, and I think I can speak for Mr. Man too in saying that it's not even downplaying it. I just think that if one, you know how there's some issues, yeah, they're important, but they're, it's like more important when you get into political circles, like me and you, yeah. or like me and you are lawyers. So there's certain stuff that we put a high importance on because we have a certain level of understanding that maybe most people don't about those issues because of what uh, our level of education and, and how we may view them differently. And then, you know, not that I'm saying abortion is like that, but I'm just using it as an example. And right. they only really come up when people like me or you put them out there. 
because other than that, nobody would even bring it up. Now, when we bring it up, they'd be like, yeah, that, that is an important issue. But if somebody like me or you didn't bring it up, it wouldn't come up. Right. So, and we know that when it comes to Roe, because um, again, this we're not talking about agreeing or disagreeing. We're just talking about it, the legalities of it. When it comes right. to that, we know that that has um, is a hot button. I mean, it is is hot. So there is always uh, individuals on either side of it that are at the ready. Like whether it's think tanks, whether it's individuals in different states who are all who are literally spend their careers scouring for cases that could possibly um, fit that perfect storm of issues to be able to float it up through the court. And whether it's a direct match to overturn it or at least whittle away at some of those things. We've watched that, um, you know, I, I'm older than you. So I've, I've, I've seen that go on for at least the past 25, 30 years. So that I think that that is just one of those issues that is always going to, is always going to be a thing until it's not. And who knows where oh, they're going to get it. Um, anyway, and I, and I think the same thing with the whole healthcare thing, which is, um, to me, really more immediate because that case, I think, isn't it supposed to be argued like either this week or early next week? The whole um, Affordable Care Act case? Because that was the whole deal with the rush to get her on the court because there is an, a, a case that is a direct hit a direct challenge to the ACA that is scheduled for oral arguments. I want to say the 6th of November. It, it is, it may be literally this Friday. And so that is part of the reason, because remember, uh, no matter who wins or loses tonight, President Trump doesn't leave office until January. So they didn't have to get her confirmed in a week. It is because this case specifically is already on the docket because, you know, they did the docket like however many months ago for what was going to come up. And this ACA is, um, is what, oral argument. I don't know if you, if you know more about it, but what is the... What is the what are the main issues that are at stake, and do you? You know what? I unfortunately that? I don't know. I in fact because this is nonstop November, I that is on my agenda for uh, tomorrow or oh, Thursday, way, so that I can talk about it here. Okay, so by the way, you're you, I'm, I'm, I I don't want to get us off. We're really talking about voting tonight, so I'm going to bring us back to the whole voting yes, yes. cycle. And just uh, no, I'm just trying to take it away back. Oh, bring back the the podcast to no. I appreciate that because you know we get to talking and having a good time and go a little bit everywhere. <laughs> um, but I am looking at the screen. Um, tell me if you're watching a different. Which channel are you watching? Because every channel will project things at different times. Actually, I was flipping around, but I I actually watched a lot of Fox. Um, okay, so I like, I like to watch Fox when it comes to. Um, just, they actually I have just like to test. I, I just like to test them and see how because I feel like some some there's there are always moments when I feel like there there is just 
for lack of a better word, a higher level of objectivity than CNN. But um, I, I last I checked, it was like 223 Biden and one something Trump. See, it looks like CNN is being a little bit more conservative than that. Um, they're still like playing around. That's why I was wondering what other channels. What channel is that? Um, this this look. Oh, I don't know. My my husband has the television on this CNN Go thing. So if I change the channel, Lord knows what'll happen. So I'm like, no, sort of my wife was telling me that it's two o five Biden one. What'd you say one? According to CNN, yes, that's what CNN is saying. I was just wondering because I know that in election night gone by, uh, when you flip different channels, different people. Yeah, because Fox had uh, 223 to 166. Okay, so. That was the difference, yeah. So they they had it that way. But the issue, the, the main, based on what I could see from them, the. Basically, it comes down to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, and Arizona. Basically, no, Arizona That's, already went to Biden. Well, so they have Texas. Well, is, they have Texas. It, it's really, it's like, how's Biden going to get those forty-seven votes to get to two seventy if he doesn't get any of? Like if he doesn't get Texas, if he doesn't get Georgia, if he doesn't get North Carolina, if he doesn't get Pennsylvania, he's got to get Pennsylvania. Um, I think North Carolina won't hurt him. He's got to get Pennsylvania. I think Virginia, and Wisconsin. Got, yeah, he's got to get Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, Virginia. Um, CNN still has red. It sounds like Fox has Virginia as blue. I still think Virginia is going to go blue. Virginia comes down to, it does uh, have it to the blue. last second. Fox yeah, has I think blue. On Fox, they have it as blue. In, well, and in I'm Fox, gonna, they I'm have gonna, only I'm got like seven states on that. Virginia yeah. always it comes down to the last minute, even and, and I mean the last minute. It's first and goal set. Biden already has Virginia. Um, and, and you know, and like I said, I think CNN, because of always being accused, particularly by Trump of being biased, is being overly conservative because I think that Virginia could have been called um, a while ago. I agree with you first and goal. Um, well, and like you said, some some uh, other place have already called it because the way that they call these a lot of times is if they know that if they know what where the vote that has been counted is, has come from and there are yeah, places that exactly and they know that the place that's left over is a place that typically goes one way then they know to give it to that person. I mean, just like they did with California, which I don't know, it still makes me laugh. It's goofy, but it's still, I know that it's like, we know California is going to turn blue. We know Oregon and Washington is going to turn blue, but it's still kind of funny that literally the polls close and they (laughs) turn it, they just turn it blue. They ain't even bother counting. They're like, we already know. Um, but I, yeah. I think that it really just makes it, it really just depends on they said Joe Biden's going to make a statement. It really just depends on um, I, they all. Well, I know, like I said, CNN, 
Okay, CNN does have Virginia's blue. So I'm wondering who it is that they see. I'm going to have to figure out how to switch my TV because, excuse me, CNN has Virginia. No, they have it as red again. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But anyway, I appreciate to a certain degree they're trying to be conservative because they don't want to be accused of being blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's it's nerve wracking. This happened. <laughs> And this happens every election night. It's part of what makes it exciting. Back to the big picture now. Okay, so we, because we can get bogged down in the minutia of this for a while, this election is not going to be called, I suspect, for um, at least even the projected winner for several hours because they are going to be fighting tooth and nail for at least the uh, the Democrats, definitely for every vote to be counted. And that's a whole thing. And like I said, um, I haven't had a chance to verify it, but I do know that earlier um, CNN, I want to say it was uh, doing most of their afternoon coverage said that the that Pennsylvania was not counting their it was either their absentee or their pre-election um, votes until tomorrow and honestly uh, a lot of places don't deal with uh, I, well the pre-election thing for a lot of for some states is new but as it relates to absentee, we know a lot of states don't count the absentee to the next day. That is uh, very, um, that's normal. First and goal for Pennsylvania is why this is going to be prolonged. So let me ask you first and goal, is that what you heard as well, that PA was not going to deal with their um, early votes until tomorrow? Um Again, absentee, that's okay. So he heard it as well. Absentee, I know even Virginia does not deal with absentee until the next day. Um, I have some fellow attorneys, uh, friends who are um, on the board of elections and stuff. So I know just from the fact that they are exhausted and uh, their brains are fried for the entire week because of the whole <laughs> Because of the whole absentee thing. Uh, welcome, Barry. Um, because I have, I have a question for you. So, um, um, uh, you know, but uh, the other thing, and I guess for Lassie, this is where you and I come in, you know, the, the legal eagles on this, is no matter what happens, this is going to any, unless, okay, well, let's be clear. If President Trump wins, then he's fine. He's going to come out, he's going to declare his victory, and that'll be the end of that. Now, if, uh, it, if uh, Joe Biden loses and is fairly close, depending on those states that he is close in and the, um, you know, and the whole thing with the, um, absentee votes and all of that, then obviously they are going to want all of those votes counted and they will not want the election certified in those particular states. Now, again, if you have some close races, I am in agreement with that. If you have close races where the number of early votes and absentee votes 
is a high enough number that they really could affect the election unless you count them, then by all means, those votes should be counted. And as Americans, and we talked about this earlier, man to man uh, touched on this with uh, people saying they aren't voting, that would totally undermine the notion of, of one one man, one vote, right? So you need all you need all those votes counted. And of course, even more so if the range is within the range, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think? um, What do you think? um, Do you think that the closeness of the race is going to bode well for um, reports that they, that there was potential for, you know, uh, unrest and everything? I mean, the way they boarded up the city, um, um, I How think, do you feel about that at this point? I think it depends yeah. on who says what. And this is why. You've had President Trump, who has been the one who has consistently predicted violence. The other side, however you may feel about them, that whole prediction of violence and drama and all of that was not anything that was coming from uh, from Biden and uh, Biden and Harris, their thing consistently was vote early to just avoid the lines and avoid any potential for anything. It has been President Trump who is consistently, even in both debates, when he should have just been, uh, you know, when in both debates when he he was given the final words, you know, when you're allowed to say your final words when you need to be reassuring the nation as to why they're voting for you. As you mm-hmm. saw, if you watch the debates, both times he went on rants about postmen throwing votes in the swamp and all kinds of voter fraud. And, you know, and of course, as we know, there has been a mountain of cases launched against states who were doing early voting. You've got all of the uh, issues in um, in Pennsylvania. You have, um, you know, I, like I said, I know three people who d- who live here who did poll observing in Pennsylvania today, and that that's just three people that I know personally. Um, you also have the cases that are continuously being filed in Texas about the drive-through voting. The Republicans lost twice on that issue last night at about 11 p.m., appealed it to the Court of Appeals. So it really is going to come down to who says what. If President Trump were, if, if this race is either too close to call or he loses and he comes out the gate um telling people that there was fraud and um, that there was fraud in individuals trying to um, thwart uh, their votes and all this other rhetoric, then yes, it is going, there could be some potential problems. But I I just, I don't know. I think personally is much ado about nothing. I think that this is, very similar to what this is very similar to Y2K in that <laughs> uh, in that there is a lot of people talking there are a lot of people talking about um 
Uh, remember, uh, and I don't know how much you remember. Remember Y2K when they were talking mm -hmm. about um, all of this stuff that was going to happen? The banking was going <laughs> to collapse and all of this stuff. And then what happened? Mm -hmm. uh, 2000 came in and we all just, you know, played Prince's 1999 and kept it moving. Kept it moving. Excuse me. So they boarded things up and okay, but I don't know. So I'm going to toss it back to you because I just don't see it. I see a lot of crap being talked, a ton of cases being filed. I promise you, I would be willing to wager money that I do not even have, that there are attorneys in big firms uh, who are sitting with motions already written literally just waiting to press the button to load it into the federal system. Because for those of you who don't know, those cases get filed electronically. They're just, the motions are already written. It's just a matter of them literally opening up their PACER accounts and pressing send. I think that is where the biggest war will be waged is in the courts. Um, all of this stuff, with people riding downtown. I don't even know who they expect that would be. Who who is supposed to do it? I don't know either. I mean I I have a friend who sent us uh you know sent some messages saying hey you gotta get you know be on the lookout and I'm like man I, I live in like a heavily democratic neighborhood like I, I wouldn't even know who would even feel the need to come into Maryland from Virginia to just make a point, like let alone to the suburbs of Maryland. So I just was thinking about it in that sense. Um, no, I don't know where right. there would be clashes. Um, I, like, I don't even know places where they have heavy, you know, neighborhoods, which are like half and half. It's like, you know, now uh, I will now maybe say, in, the, in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah. And, and I will say that overall concern Okay, now not talking about anything that is actually going to happen. Overall concern as it relates to the fact that there are literally entire states that have sold out of ammo about the fact that during the month of October alone, over a million guns, I think maybe 1.4 million guns were mm -hmm. sold. Um, parts of Virginia. Florida, the entire state of New Jersey and other places, literally, you cannot get ammunition. Those things are very concerning. But again, if folks are stockpiling like they're waiting for doomsday, then so be it. You got more at this point, at the rate things are going, you have more of a chance of people turning into zombies from coronavirus and having to, you know, shoot them to keep from coming into your house than you do from people rioting in the street streets over who wins the stupid election yeah actually i did get that uh, ammo forward um but you know the, the video about the ammo but then i didn't even get a video when, when, i literally when, spoke to an actual uh, uh an actual police officer and as in and the i didn't even know there was a video <laughs> no there's a video but the thing is with the video when you hear it, see, that's where context matters. Like, when you hear it, the guy said that he'd been stockpiling for 20 years. So exactly. Like, okay, you've been stockpiling for 20 years, so you're yeah. not 
stockpiling because of Trump. Yeah, he's not so one of those you're a doomsday uh, guy. Like you're just a pure doomsday guy. Yeah, he's one of those Unabomber dudes. He's now, I mean, I do know. Yeah, and and I like I said, I I did speak to. I actually spoke to two officers about this. Now, I do know that in certain areas in Virginia, several counties. The police officers, whether they are regular street cops, uh, detectives, whatever, have all been called to duty in, in that they are all on some level of alert. Even the mm-hmm. plain closed ones, um, at least in, in certain counties, have to have their items ready, like, you know, be ready to get in uniform, et cetera. So there are um, certain counties where individuals, um, and and I'm sure it's the same in other parts of the country. I have a cousin who's a state police officer in New Jersey and what have you. And and then, you know, just doing what we do for a living. So I try to keep a bead on on what the officers who I have a relationship with are, are up to. And um, because I, I hate, you know, all of when people do those little forwards. So I, I'm like, if I'm going to alert anybody to anything, then it's going to be credible information or I'm not going to pass it on. And so um, they are on alert. But again, to to be in fairness, them being on alert is in response to the overall concerns that are brought to them by virtue of this mass hysteria being put out there. Because if they are not on alert and not ready to deal with something and something jumps off, then who gets blamed for it? They do. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of in a lose-lose situation. And unfortunately, it sets things up, which is what the, the one thing I was telling, uh, what, what I was warning people about, not in a way of saying, you know, oh, bad cops or anything like that. No, not at all. What I was trying to explain to people is to be careful because in your encounters, you may be dealing with uh, individuals, and again, I'm talking about law enforcement who um, are tired, have been on, who have been on duty too long. Who, again, because they have been told to be on high alert, not every officer is created equal in terms of their level of experience and and being a little jumpier than usual. I mean, we've seen these we've seen these things happen, and so. Um, it, it is a cause for everybody to be careful because the rhetoric has made everybody on edge. Those who are just living their lives, those who are there supposed to protect you, those who are running businesses, it, this kind of rhetoric is not good for any of us. Especially when, like you and I, we're sitting here two reasonably intelligent people and we can't even figure out who the hell are we supposed to be scared of? We can't figure it out. I know it's I like, can't. But it's, I can't really figure it out. But it's kind of like one of those situations where um, you, there's this, I don't know, there's, it's just we're supposed to be. We're supposed to know that we're supposed to just fear. <laughs> exactly. We're supposed to just be like, you know what? This is what 
it is to especially on a racial front you know we're supposed well, oh to absolutely have, and we're we know to have this mentality that is in step with and 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 when you really assess your own life like you you might you know you did you you've had plenty of clients before like you know that you don't your life and your clients lives could be totally divergent nothing in common even though you might have some racial racial same race but Mm-hmm. nothing else that's where it ends it's like you you're a knucklehead i'm not or you know what i mean it's like you made this decision i didn't and so um but yeah it's it's like this this mindset that we're supposed to jump dive into but oh hey John, I've, I've enjoyed being on your show um thank you i know i am gonna go off because i uh if nothing else i expect i'll probably come on when we have even a fake projection <laughs> so um so i will be back on so i'm gonna go off only because i'm gonna post this and when people see us two hours they're gonna go i'm not gonna listen to that but as you know we've had a good ass time I mean, talked about stuff. We agreed. We disagreed. We had man. Is man man to man? I love it. Is man to man still there? Um, no, but you know, he got off. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still in the room, but he um got off the connection about 30 minutes ago. But I mean, heck, he was on 45 minutes. I can't hate. You can't hate. (laughs) But anyway, I'm I'm out of here myself. Well, yes, I am actually about to go. For everybody, including you, and this is uh, my special guest, uh, attorney, Mr. Lassie Beloy. And um, did I say your last name right? Yes, Beloy is correct. So (laughs) who uh, joined us tonight. So um, there's a lot more that is going to go on. And again, this is nonstop November. Of course, you were going to get the election today. But as I've said to you before, Halasi, I'm going to let you go as I do my clothes out. Okay. Uh, Or you can just hang up. It's going to hang up on you. Okay. So um, of course, I am going to do all of the election and follow up. But since this is nonstop November, it gives us lots of stuff to talk about. So I am definitely going to uh, have a good time. We're going to talk about the um, pop culture stuff. Let's give a cheer for that. <laughs> I just wanted to use that. And, of you know, and, and we're going to talk about all of the stuff in the news. Hell, yesterday I even had time to tell you about the latest with Johnny Depp and his, you know, wife and all that stuff. So we're going to have a great time this month. But right now, this is pretty big. We got to know what the hell is going on in this country. So thank you very much for everybody who tuned in, even if you popped in for a brief minute. Thank you for those who uh, texted. We had someone from the UK, Michael. Thank you for hanging with us, Michael, and asking a few questions. First in gold, uh, as we talked about gold, as we talked about the skinny from Philly. And also, if any of you have podcasts of your own, certainly uh, let me know because I definitely want to support you as well. As always, you can follow me on all social media platforms on Instagram and on uh, Twitter at uh, Let's Be Honest, JJ. So again, that's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S. 
S-T-J-J for Just Jonda. And of course, always use hashtag Just Jonda. You can find me because I, I use it. So even if you just did a search on hashtag Just Jonda, it will get you there. You can also come over to Facebook. The link is in the bio to tell you about that page. And I am on all platforms. If you have uh, Amazon Music or Apple, I am now on those as well as Hi iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anywhere where you can leave me five stars and comments, make sure you do that. DM me with topic suggestions. I would love to get into those with you. And remember, as always, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, I'm probably thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. And I, instead of saying goodnight, I'm going to say ta-ta for now because it seems like we're probably going to be back again.